welcome to Downsizing Your Home and Life radio show, where it's all about finding ways to a clear path to stress-free downsizing in order for you to live your best life. Each week, we will discuss where to begin, how to select where to live, the best methods to sort and monetize your stuff, as well as the proper steps to valuing and listing your home in order for you to fast forward and start living your new life. Now, here is your host, Ann Nori, the downsizing coach, an experienced, award-winning realtor, auctioneer, and personal property appraiser, bringing you much-needed information to help you navigate the steps of becoming financially whole as you successfully downsize your home and life. Welcome, everyone, to our episode of A Primer to Senior Living, If Not Now, Then When. I would love for all of us to welcome our fabulous, fabulous, my friend and guest, Janina DeVittorio, who's the Director of Sales at Grand Oaks Assisted Living. Um, Welcome, Janina. Thank you so much for having me, Anne. Um, I want to go through your bio a little bit. Janina has been a director of sales of community development for Grand Oaks Assisted Living Community in the Washington, D.C. area. She does external business development for Grand Oaks, and Janina can be contacted uh, with questions about senior living or local recommendations by phone or at email. I'll give them your phone number, 202-304. Four five nine six six five, and we'll have tons of other references in our show notes below. Welcome, my friend. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here and to have the opportunity to talk about my business, but more importantly, my passion. Absolutely. You are one of those social butterflies who's been in the senior assisted living for decades and Janina knows absolutely everyone. And she's a connector. She's one of those individuals with a heart of gold and she just pours enthusiasm and is rich with knowledge. And it's my honor to have you here and for you to share with us um, and for us to talk about this incredible topic of the differences between the different types of assisted living, senior living, and so forth. So why don't we kick it off with, can you share with our uh, listeners, what is assisted living and what services are offered in assisted living? Assisted living is a level of care which provides assistance with what we call activities of daily living. Mm -hmm. Includes basic functions such as waking, dressing, toileting, showering, and even prompts for eating, for um, encouraging activity. But we provide a residence a person can remain as independent as possible for as long as possible, which is why we make moves. Right. And um, these, this level of care is for those people who need assistance with those things. With yeah. that being said, there are people who choose to move more proactively into assisted living just because 
the amenities of three meals per day, weekly housekeeping and weekly laundry and intermittent help with those things happens so that one can enjoy life and not function, you know, not, not have to be so focused or burdened by the cares of daily life. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like the routines, right? It's just wonderful right. to support system for them where they don't have to worry about cooking. They don't have to worry about laundry, housekeeping. And it also helps the children and the offsprings and those, you know, um, caring for loved ones to know that they're eating well and, you know, all of those different elements, they're taking their medication, all of those routinely structures that are in place that need to happen daily. Um, and I think all of us have questions about the different tiers. So I will swing into our next tier, which is what is the difference between independent living community and assisted living community and a skilled nursing facility? This is a common question and often one that it confuses the process, if you will. Right. So educating oneself, whether it's a move you're considering yourself, or you are a child of a parent helping your parent to make a move like this, or even a friend. We have many people who provide oversight of care for our residents who are not family. So it's important to define these things. So I, I defined assisted living as assistance with activities of daily life or daily living. Independent living is defined very simply as able to care with for oneself without the assistance of another. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes independent living or more times than not is a piece of what we call continuing care retirement communities or a life care community. That's a oh. little updated term. So are all levels of care where independent living is the top tier and then one can graduate to assisted living and then to skilled nursing if necessary. The biggest difference between independent and assisted living and then skilled nursing, which is really in a category by itself, is about the pay factor. Mm and assisted living are private pay. Okay. The financial burden, not to use a negative term, but the financial responsibility of those levels of care rests with the individual or individuals. Skilled nursing, as you know, is when skilled nursing functions need to take place right. that are not actually allowed under the, um, under the roof of an independent living community or an assisted living community. And as we know, skilled nursing can be subsidized by Medicare or Medicaid. But well, that's, a, that's an important distinction. What's that? I think I like the distinction that you made that under the assisted living community, sometimes they cannot have the medical component such right. as the nurses and, and the physicians and so forth that are available to them in a skilled nursing facility. With that being said, um, there is medical care that is administered under the roof of an assisted living community. 
and it can be available in independent living, but it's not the focus. Right. Um, so, and there are certain under our licensure, like at Grand Oaks, we are licensed under the DC Department of Health. There are certain nursing functions we can perform. Right. But then there are some that are not allowed under our licensure. And interesting. And I do love that, especially your community. I find it fascinating that it's really uh, an extension of Sibley Hospital, which is renowned and so well respected. And, you know, our families had extensive treatment there and so forth. Um, it's, it's wonderful to know that there is that extension and there is, you know, opportunities for that. Yeah, if I, if I might speak to, to Grand Oaks just quickly. Um, I've been at Grand Oaks for four years. Right. I have worked in the independent living world or the continuing care retirement community world. Um, Grand Oaks is unique because of the care value it offers. We are owned and operated by Sibley Memorial Hospital, and we are also fully affiliated with Johns Hopkins Medicine. Right. So what we offer here is unique. Um, our care value is unique because of that actual literal and physical extension. We have a separate campus, but we are, we are connected by a hallway. One other distinctive feature here is that we have a nurse practitioner on our team who has her doctorate in nursing practice. So she's our triage, if you will, um, to medical care. So most things, we, with, with it being, you know, I made the distinction between assisted living and skilled nursing. Most things can be managed right here under our roof at Grand Oaks, and that's what sets us apart. And that is, brings up a good point, that anyone who is searching for this level of care does need to find out what is allowed and not allowed and what makes the community unique and what sets it apart. Because as you know, this is a ballooning, blooming industry. Absolutely. Seeing these communities um, come up everywhere. However, the, the, the legacy of care and the care value is very, very important to consider above and beyond the aesthetics. Absolutely. And which are also important. That's right, Janina. That's such an important point that while our listeners are looking at their available options in different cities and communities, it's important to start maybe making out a little graph or listing the things that are first important to you and making right. sure that as they go through the interviewing process of different facilities, they take those elements into consideration and not just by the aesthetics and not That's just right. by the activities and not just by um, you know, the price tag that might be Absolutely. associated with different facilities because um, if you start to outsource and as time progresses, conditions progress and you want to look at what's, what type of services might be necessary today, three years from now, five years from now, and if the facility is be going to be able to offer and satisfy your needs without right. having to make another move. So right. those are all great um, questions and consideration for our listeners to put into perspective while they're looking at their different options. So you, you bring up a good point, Anne, and that is about education. Mm -hmm. Many times, more often than not, a move to assisted living is made based on need, 
there is a medical or a security reason right. that we make a move. So it is a call to action to all of us to have a plan and to do this education about the senior living industry before the time comes. That's right. So that when the time comes, you, the resident, or you, the child, or you, the power of attorney, or you, the person who is a guardian even, has the information needed um, to make such a decision and not to have to do it under duress. That's so important. Always coached families and individuals to do is to understand the sounds master of the obvious, but life can change in a day. That's right. Process of um, making a move or what one is going to do when life changes needs to be put in place. And also the preparation for such a um, move or a downsize needs to be started ahead of time. That's right. While the individual has the ability to express him or herself and what he or she wants. Right. So oftentimes it is a call for action. I know you don't want to move now, but let's talk about when. And if we have this, this time frame in mind, let's go ahead and plan what we need to do. Right. So that includes getting the affairs in order. And the big piece is actually downsizing or right sizing. And even more basic than that is decluttering and disseminating valuables. Absolutely. And we have tons of other episodes for our listeners yes. to listen to about cluttering and organization and so forth. But all of those are such critical elements into building up and having the conversation early. Right. So that we know what our loved ones, what's important to them, what would they like to see happen. So we are not in a distress situation when we have to pull the trigger to make a decision. That's so exactly right. What takes us into how much freedom is offered in assisted living? I'm glad you asked because that is one of those misnomers out there that the doors are locked, that one has to ask permission that everyone is connected to GPS. And that is actually false mm-hmm. in the living proper. Technically, and this is something we need to get out to people who are the decision makers or the supportive team. We cannot technically stop a resident from walking out the door. We do everything we can to keep them safe and in. But I think it's important for someone to know they can go out and take a walk. They can go outside there. I had a resident ask me not too long ago who was new. Can I open this door? Now we do have doors that are fire escapes and that type of thing. And we know when someone exits, just because that's part of our care value. We're looking after, we are, we are making things safe, but one has freedom in assisted living. Now, oftentimes, more often than not, an assisted living community also has a portion of the community dedicated to those residents who have advanced cognitive impairment. In that level of care, that is a secured neighborhood because we know that wandering 
often accompanies dementias. So there is more control there, but it is not to hinder because there is a full life of activities and outings in memory care, but the, the, the portion of the community or the unit, not to sound too clinical, right. is secured, usually by a combination lock. That is such an important point, and especially with the fact that my own father is starting to have signs of dementia. And uh, we do, I, I, I'm always fearful that he's going to wander off and not be able to find his way back. Right. Uh, because it is spotty and different individuals at di are different stages, right? Within yes. the progression of, of their, we'll call it disease. Yeah, so, and it, it is a disease. And, and I will tell you that you make a very important point. Um, all of us see silver alerts and we see stories on the news about um, people who have wandered off or left. And it's often because they can't find their way back. One little piece of advice is if your loved one um, ha is showing any signs of dementia, we have to assume that one has the propensity to wander. Yes. And therein lies another great value for um, such a community. Um, I will say that I am a big advocate of, of letting people even, we, we, well, There is a doctor, Dr. Gayatri Devi, who is a wonderful neurologist in New York. Right. And she wrote a book based on a white paper can, submitted to the New England Journal of Medicine about dementia being on a spectrum, much like autism. And I absolutely kind her as a non-clinical person because I've seen it in my experience. So many people in assisted living not in memory care, but in assisted living, have some level of cognitive impairment. So I want to make it perfectly clear that if one person, if someone moves into assisted living, just if they have any level of cognitive impairment, um, they are not necessarily placed in the memory care portion of the community. Um, there are wonder that, that is really for very extreme cases and actually a message that I think that we need to get out because again, not to block someone in, they are able to function normally. And that, that um, decision can be made with the family, with the care team in a community and with medical oversight and a neurologist. Maintain their freedom and that this right. side. And that's, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. The that's reason we make so this move, I'll say it again, is to, we make a move to any level of care, including independent. Right. To, main, to be able to remain as independent as possible for as long as possible. Phenomenal information, phenomenal information. Thank you for that. So what would be the difference or what are the advantages of assisted living versus aging in your own home? So we often hear this topic discussed in the news um, about aging in place. It's a, it's, a, it's a phrase that is very prominent in, in the senior living world or the aging world. Um, and then there's also the term 
aging in community, which is actually the one I think that is more accurate. We aging in place can also mean aging in the community of your choice. So you're still aging in community or in place if you move to an assisted living or an independent living community. So from my experience and my observations, and I am never one to argue with anyone about choosing to remain in one's home as long as possible. However, what I have observed are several things. Oh. Social interaction, and we have certainly seen this currently in the pandemic, is life-giving. Isolation is not good for anyone, and it has nothing to do with one's introverted or extroverted nature. We all need to be around people, and I think it's very hard, especially for a social being like me, I don't see how the home can offer the same level of opportunity to be social at home as in a community. With that being said, and I used to have to explain this often, especially in independent living, and I have mentioned it also in assisted living conversations and talks I've done, you are not joining a club. You may retreat to your apartment or even your room, field nursing community at will. Right. You should have that time. The older I become, I, the more um, ambiverted I am, where I need time to charge my batteries. One does not have to participate in everything that is offered in any level of senior living. Right. But it is very expensive. And it requires great oversight on the part of the person who may not live normally, right. who, who manages care for this person to create the social environment one needs when one lives at home. Whereas it is built in here, most of us here have, have, have broken up with our cars in assisted living, and therefore things are here, and one does not have to go off of our campus to find such activity. The other thing that people assume, and I love our home care professionals, we collaborate with them, and I can speak about how that works with assisted living shortly, but people assume when they hire a home care provider that laundry and meals are included in the fee paid to the home care company. And that is not necessarily true. That is an added on service. The other thing that I often ask families to consider is the weather factor. That's what I was about to get into. Right now I'm having so many conversations with the spring not appearing, you know, in certain climates and people are looking forward to resuming their activities. They simply cannot. It's still snowing. Um, the right. weather conditions just doesn't make it with between COVID and the weather and all of those factors. Isolation in itself right. is right. That's so. Right. So 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 Anne, if you in another state, 
are the point person right. or care for your parents. Right. And they are in the Washington, D.C. area where we don't handle snow too well because we don't have enough to warrant all the um, extravagant equipment that our friends in the further Northeast have. Right. Um, and the caregiver cannot get to you by car or is not comfortable getting to your parents by car or let's say public transportation is limited, limited right. or even closed, then you are in a quandary. So these are not judgmental statements I am making by any means, right. just factors to consider and often the very things that people don't realize when they're making this decision. And it really all goes back to weighing your options ahead of time and being prepared. Right. So um, those are, so, so socialization, isolation, nutrition, mm -hmm. um, laundry, housekeeping. I could elaborate, but those are really the big buckets that basically cover everything. Um, security without being um, discouraged from being active outside of the community when it's permitted. Now, certainly the pandemic has been different. Sure. However, I will say we have protocols in place that protect our precious residents who, if on their own, may not understand that they have to wear their mask, et cetera. So I would argue that even though these have been very challenging times, um, we, we have actually kept our residents safe. Right. We may not have the wherewithal to protect themselves if on their own. Absolutely. Um, all such incredible points to take into consideration, again, in deciding what is the best fit, not only for now, but also two years from now, five years from now, That's and right. so forth, and to gauge further. So I would like to ask you, can you tell me about communities that are specifically for those with cognitive impairment? Sure, certainly. Um, certainly a... Um a situation that is near and dear to me because when I entered our industry, I was hired by a wonderful friend of mine who has now become my mentor. Uh, her name is Joan Sutton. She's a gerontologist. And I um, locked arms with her. Um, and what she provides is um, cognitive stimulation. Uh-huh most of whom have, for, for people, most of whom have dementia and, and educating and um, coaching their, their spouses, their caregivers and their loved ones. Right. So the message I want you to know about memory care is that there is a full slate of activities mm -hmm. at their own dining, which is, which is normally acclimated to them, which is more suitable and makes it easier for them cognitively. And they also go on outings. 
And the team around them is equipped to deal with whatever might happen in a given day. Mm-hmm. And it provides that level of security, but one can still live a full life in a memory care unit. Right. Again, it's secured. Um, and oftentimes um, there is a level of care at Grand Oaks. There is our first level of care that is built into the fee to live in our memory care unit called Oasis along with medication management. Um, But it is not a catch-all for people who are no longer appropriate for assisted living. It is absolutely engineered and dedicated to those people who have advanced cognitive impairment. Um, And one thing that can happen and has happened many times is a couple can move in and this allows the couple to stay close, but oftentimes one, the spouse will, uh, it's best for the spouse who has dementia to move into um, this level of care, but it allows the couple to still be on the same campus where the other spouse who still lives in assisted living, who needs to be able to be here to take care of him or herself, can do as much visiting and interaction as as possible. So there's all kinds of scenarios that we can um, accommodate through on on a situation like that. Um, But again, um, it is a, a very specific mission of a unit this way and, um, it's, it's very important and um, as prevalent as dementias are these days, it's, it's, it's a most important component of an assisted living community. Absolutely, absolutely. Continuing care retirement. Continuing care and that flexibility and the yes. options and being able to keep a couple together uh, right. in their different stages. So how would the long-term care insurance come into play with assisted living? Okay, that's a very good question, Anne. So long-term care insurance is an incredible tool. And as time goes on, or a very important benefit, as time goes on, it becomes more expensive. So if you want to ask me directly if I am a, I am a cheerleader for long-term care insurance, my answer is yes, yes, yes. And the earlier we purchase it, the better. So again, homework preparedness. That's what relieves anxiety, being prepared in any situation to include this one. Become intimately acquainted with your long-term care insurance policy and also anyone who's going to provide oversight for you. There are scenarios where long-term care insurance comes into play in independent living and certainly in assisted living. However, it's like any other insurance policy. Right. Policy is unique, and you need to become an expert on what your what your policy or your loved one's policy um, will cover, if it has a cap on it, etc. So let me just give you a case in point. We are an assisted living community. Right. We pay a fee, and then we pay for levels of care, and then there are other auxiliary costs, ancillary costs but not many at Grand Oaks, which is one thing I love about our financial structure. However, 
once our three levels of care are surpassed, in order for one to remain in assisted living and specifically at Grand Oaks, there is augmentation that must happen. So that is where long-term care insurance can come into play. If we need a, what we call a PDA in our industry, a private duty aid, mm-hmm. be with the resident to provide the support that we cannot, because this is not a one-on-one care um, like skilled nursing. That's what set one other aspect that sets us apart. But there are ways, and I can talk with anyone who's interested about how long-term care insurance comes into play and it can be used. So the, the big thing too, I want to mention is that we pay assisted living communities ourselves and then long-term care insurance will, rein, will reimburse the payor rather than pay us directly, meaning Grand Oaks or the community. Um, so if anybody has any questions about that, or we could, you know, even maybe that might be another good guest for you. Absolutely, we'll have a guest. Have somebody talk about long-term care insurance. And there's some great professionals out there. Um, here's a, one of the big things. I get asked this all the time, and someone asked me not too long ago, Janina, now that I'm here, do I have to keep paying my premium for long-term care? <laughs> yes. 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 Because we don't know if we might, we're going to need that. Right. And what are the advantages of assisted living? Well, I've already mentioned those in light of being here in a community environment versus mm-hmm. being at home. Um, and I want to speak, I'm very passionate about activities. Um, and whenever I can, I am very resident oriented. I love to participate in happy hour, um, art lectures, um, any type of, um, you know, we do trivia and word games. And of course, music and symphony. That's right. Something music. That you yes. and I have talked right. about That's extensively. Right. That's right. Uh, as the president of the symphony, we've gone out of our way to really make sure that was my mission, my path was to have music and digital content and without having to have a live concert for us to be able to deliver music digitally so that those that are within communities and that cannot have access, and especially with COVID, to bring to them music. I mean, that is, and the fact that you guys have all these other activities that you offer your residents, it's wonderful to hear. It's priceless, in my opinion, priceless. It absolutely is, it's life-giving. I can tell you that we have a resident who cannot see enough. Music is her life. Mm. So yeah, being in the in the Washington D.C. area, we have access to wonderful organizations who have been very generous have been very generous to us here during the pandemic. But even above and beyond that, um, you know, um, we can play concerts or the ballet, or we have the opera on a big screen in our theater. Mm-hmm. It is it, it is these things that keep us going and give us purpose right and and stimulate our brains and you know we have quality of life janina to me it, it really comes down to making sure that the quality of life 
that they are living on a day-to-day -day basis mm -hmm. is at its, at, its, at its finest and best that it can be. And it's through right. making the right decisions, making the right choices of the facilities that, that they choose or we choose for um, our loved ones offers those opportunities. And that's why it's so important that we wanted to have this conversation and really educate everyone to make sure that they ask the right questions, to look at the right. content, to look at the facilities. And that leads me really into the next question of what are the resources? Where can individuals go to find the right assisted living community? Well, we have a rich list, if you will, of professionals who can assist in this process. Mm -hmm. There are um, a group of professionals whom I call navigators, who listen to you initially, mm -hmm. maybe go and shorten the list for you of communities at which you should look based on your needs and desires and location to keep it from being so overwhelming. Now, there are two ways this can happen. It can happen um, with a financial arrangement with the community where the community will actually pay this navigator. Oh. The consumer does not pay for this service. Interesting. Rather, the community has a contract, and it's a common practice, where we will pay a we will pay a fee to someone who places or introduces us, or, you know, introduces an individual or a family to our community, and they actually move in. Mm -hmm. Some people don't like that arrangement; they want to pay someone. And I had a gentleman in McLean whom I met at a, another talk that I did, who wanted to go to someone who was going to give him an, a, what he felt like was a very objective point of view. So he paid a fee to one of my good friends who is an aging life care manager. And I wanna to speak to that very important profession in a moment. And, and paid, they paid her for her agency to go and do this search so that he knew, he felt that it was completely objective. An aging life care planner, as my friend Susie Murphy says, who owns Deborah Levy and Associates, is like a wedding planner for seniors. Right. So they are excellent resources for um, a community choice. Right. They do all kinds of things. And I absolutely would put them up near the very top of the person with whom you, can, you should consult when making a move like this. So it is a fee for service where you pay this individual who's a professional and there are, um, there are agencies that provide psychotherapy in a, in, a, in a situation like this with families. They're social workers and they also, as my friend Susie says, they're wedding planners for seniors. They know every aspect, they know communities well, so this is a service that they often provide to the clients who hire them. They are phenomenal and they're a wonderful resource and an opportunity for families to really um, help them navigate the search if they don't have right. time to do the search themselves right. and, and to really present them with the best options within a geographic area. Right, so before this search happens, Anne, we need to be as organized as possible. 
That's right. So one thing I often do, and we, we put this in the title of this chat, is not now when. And when? Let's create a timeline. Let's create a timeline and let's make a list like any big, you know, task had to tackle. Let's, let's, let's make a list. So I know from my experience and from my own human humanity, right. that what paralyzes one from making a move or considering next steps is stuff. The stuff, the stuff. And the house, the stuff and the house. And, and the, the part of the stuff. So we are wired, hardwired, and you know this very well. Absolutely. Be attached to our things and to place. And it is often a stumbling block when we get into this scenario. Absolutely. So at a minimum, one should hire, in my opinion, in my based on experience, someone who can come in and organize, declutter, disseminate values that our children do not want, right. but they can bring value back to our estate. And even if you're not going to make this move now, you should go ahead and, and hire this person so that your dwelling is as safe as possible while you remain there, Right. if you choose to remain there. So your service as a downsizing coach can also be to remain in place before we may have to make a move. Absolutely. And the other thing is, this is a point of friction in many families. Uh, you hit it right on the nail. As an appraiser, as an auctioneer, as a realtor, right. I can tell you, this can be done in phases. And this is where right. we go, we're able to really help families figure out the steps as to, and help put together a timeline that is beneficial and works with their schedule and their family schedule. That's right. It doesn't That's have right. to be rushed, but it's wonderful to have options. It's wonderful to understand what are the things that really uh, you want to keep and understand what are the things that you may want to donate and what are the things that have value and you should be selling because all of that content, all of those items are able to come back and help support um, your lifestyle and your home and the things that you've cared for and loved and collected over the years can have great value. So by putting together a team to help you through this process, not a, it, it's, it's enjoyable, it really is. Um, and it doesn't have to be overwhelming. It doesn't have to be stressful. Uh, and that is really my objective of helping to put content out there and to help put resources out there is to help expose um, our listeners to the options that are available to them and the many, many trained, skilled professionals that are available to them That's to right. hold their hand within this important transitional phase and make it as pain-free as possible. That is exactly right. So one thing I have always said is do not make this decision in a vacuum. Talk That's to people who have done it. 
talk to someone like me who has a plethora of resources at her fingertips right. about how to make this uh, transition. And I'm happy to be a resource just to talk through the process and then point you to people who are vetted, like Anne, who can, you can just move forward. The other thing that I have to say, and I have said when, when coaching individuals and sitting across the table at a, at a critical point with families, even making a move to independent or assisted living, is I like to be in control and yes. I like to make my own decisions or be involved in the decision. Absolutely. Give me great peace to make this decision while I still have control, mm-hmm. while I have input. Right. You know, there is a great, um, there are great people who can, can help you through Amazing. this. So you need to, you know, speak up and tell your children or your circle of care what you want. And I will be bold enough to say, oftentimes, your child, because he or she may also have attachment to the house or the things, is not the best person to lead you through this. And I also call someone like you a relationship preserver that very reason. Absolutely. People who have come back to me have said, Janina, you encouraged me to use someone to help me right size. And that's a big umbrella and all the things that come with it. And I didn't do it. And I wish I had done. I wish I had, that is the number. Or or their, or their loved one tells me. So let me tell you a quick story if I might about um, a really good friend of mine who made the move to um, a cottage in a community I worked previously. So this was on the IL, oftentimes we use terms, we don't mean to, but that means independent living. We suggested a move manager for her, someone who could help her organize, declutter, right size, all the things that you offer. And she was hesitant. And it's not uncommon, honestly, Anne, because we're making a big financial commitment we're going from a house that's paid for to right. a where we're going to be paying fee. Right. That's, that's something we have to kind of wrap our head around. So adding someone to the mix, and I think it's important to know this. Oh my gosh, no, 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 we don't need that. Well, guess what happened? So a person like you who could make a move, you and I want I want to make another point about that in a moment. You know, you know the ropes, you've done this before, and you, you can't take all the things with you. You can't take it with you. So she moves in and she calls me one day. She says, she's French. She has this beautiful accent. Janina, you were right. <laughs> I should have called that company. Right. Over here. I said, okay, I'll be right there. I went over and she had this pile of stuff in her beautifully appointed cottage. And she said, I didn't have room for this. And a professional would have told me. Now, what do I do? I said, well, we can call that person and help after the fact. Again, you know, we sometimes have to go back to square one, especially if we have a tendency to hold on to things. 
because what was inhibiting her from integrating herself into the life of the community was waking up every day and staring at the things and the stuff in her apartment. Stuff. And can I just interject there? Yes. How many calls and clients we consult that have now made a cross-country move and have now paid to have the items packed and right. and shipped. And now they have nowhere to put it. So right. it's a financial burden that you want to avoid. You don't want this burden at your footsteps while right. you're in your new environment. So taking the steps early on, hiring the right professionals, whether that's the organizing individual, the auction company, the appraiser, right. um, the declutter person to help you. Right. It will give you peace of mind. And early on, you will financially benefit from it every single time. I promise you that. So that is a very, very important point. Um, and there is a way to work around the attachment and still right. keep you know, those items in a way. And we have other episodes that address these topics and we can guide you into that direction. But you are absolutely right. It's always the stuff. It's always the stuff before, always. during, and after if right. it was not dealt with properly the first time around. So, yes. And I, I want to say this. Um, if we record those memories that we're afraid we're going to lose and we feel like we have an intent we can't we keep first of all we know they live in our hearts but That's even right. days when we cannot remember the memories we have pictures of things or events and it's so easy now with your iphone or your samsung to to make pictures that is very very important and pictures become so important back to my work i did with joe is it to, to be able to look back. So the end of this story with my wonderful friend was, you know why I kept this stuff? Let me show you. And I said, okay. So she tells me the story that her parents owned a summer home in the Pyrenees Mountains. And they had to sell that house as time went on and she lost her parents. And she realized she was holding on to these things that reminded her of that wonderful time with her family. So we made some pictures and we wrote down some things and we called her daughter and her grandchildren. There were some little trinkets that we disseminated and she was okay and she let go of it because it was literally paralyzing her. Absolutely. Important point I want to speak to here is that if possible, when you are making a move, and as my good friend Karen Briscoe says, whom you have interviewed here, when we are making a move, our clients are off the chart on the stressometer, more times than not. So we, so we give grace. And if a person can do this financially, right. one should make a move first establish with your downsizing coach, your move manager, what the floor plan is going to look like in your apartment and go ahead and get situated and then deal with the house after. That's something I have learned from experience and observation. It's not possible for everyone, 
but you can also ask your community, could I delay my move-in fee, which in assisted living more times than not, and specifically at Grand Oaks, is the equivalent of one month's rent. In independent living, it's a much more substantial amount of money, not to discredit that, that level of care. Right. But sometimes, you know, a, a, ask a community to work with you if you do need to delay the move-in fee until later. It won't be, you know, infinitely. But I recommend. That's a great. That's a great. Working with Anne, and getting your place situated, and that way, you know, you don't have to worry about being at your house when there are showings at the drop of a hat. When it might be harder for one to get around, maybe they don't drive. I'm just telling you, if you can do it this way, it's the best way to do. Absolutely. And there's no one formula for all. It depends on the home, where you're going to geographically. And that's why having the right professional can easily help you set the timeline that works best for you, your family, and your schedule. So it brings us to how would families pay for assisted living? So again, I think it's important for people to know. And in my own humble personal opinion, yes. I see the government subsidizing assisted living in a big way anytime soon. It is a private pay. So let me give you a case in point on what would be required for you to move into Grand Oak. A move-in fee that is the equivalent of one month's rent. And if you have a level of care, you may have to pay some of that up front as well. And then you are billed monthly because this is not ownership in assisted living, but rather a rental. Mm -hmm. There is a point in time when that deposit becomes non-refundable. At Grand Oaks, it's 30 days. So again, you're going to pay for anything here. And long-term care insurance can be utilized, but they do not pay a community a community directly, but that is a way to underwrite some of the subsidize, right? Right, exactly. That's that's right. Um, there are some. There is a benefit through um, for some veterans. It is income based. It's called um, aid and attendance. If anyone is a veteran, they can check with um, the VA on um, qualification. And that can underwrite some levels of um, assisted living at a certain price point. Mm -hmm. it, it, there, it is based on income and assets. So right. I would say that's the only um, benefit that, excuse me, that is available out there to underwrite some of the costs in addition to long-term care. Um, so, we also have children who sometimes subsidize, um, but it all is a part of, you know, again, planning and, and working with um, an estate attorney who is another important person I would put on that list of people, their daily money managers, and I can speak to these terms individually with people if they want to reach out um, or you and I can chat about it. To have a state, well, we're, we are definitely you and I need to have a second yeah. person to to this, and we're going to yeah. dive into the financial aspects of yeah. the behind the scenes of what I call the 2.0 version of 
of, of this wonderful life uh, is when we make this transition. But that is wonderful to hear um, that, uh, you know, there's a lot of different people just don't know that, you know, they feel that uh, they, they don't know how they need to pay for assisted living. And right. that's why uh, there's opportunities with the sale of their traditional real estate or other assets that they can, they can draw against um, the assisted living that they need to right. pay reverse mortgages. There's tons of different ways to be able to fund Absolutely. their needs. Um, and again, talking to the right professionals will provide them the solution that might best fit them according to the assets that they have in place. Um, and that really leads us into a listener or somebody who has made the decision and wants to have this conversation with their family, loved ones, or other members. How would they go about bridging this conversation about wanting um, or, or reverse if somebody wants to talk to a parent about wanting to go into assisted living? What are the steps that they can take to do so? Well, I believe there are all kinds of great resources and I'm really, really blessed in the metropolitan Washington DC area to have great friends who can help you with these conversations. Right. Even though they these are tough conversations, again, please don't do this in a vacuum. And do not feel badly if you are talking with your loved one and you, you, you hit these impasses. Right. There are people who can help you. Um, one of the resources that, um, that I'm going to share with Anne to put in the show notes are some local resources. Mediators. There is a wonder, there, there's a wonderful um, duo here in D.C., that have written a great book that will also be listed in your resources um, and um, called Tough Conversations and they help with tough conversations. It's a great book, yes. Through these impasses to absolutely honor, honor the person's opinion and thoughts um, about such a move. Mm -hmm. And also a great organization called Aging Network Services this is a life care manager group. They are also psychotherapists and also social workers. So they can address these tough conversations um, over time, but certainly a great place to start would be, would be about the move. Right. Um, so I want to encourage everyone, again, do not do this in a vacuum. Please reach out to me. I can point you to resources, reach out to Anne. And there are great people who have been there and done that. Also, you know, talk to your friends who have been through this with their parents. Because many times they can share the pitfalls like, oh, I should have used a downsizer and a move manager, but I didn't. Right. Again, one big overriding fault that I have heard from um, many people. One is my good friend, Kay Bransford, who won't, We're here. We got oh, you. I'm back. Sorry, back. my 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 computer flipped. Um, yeah. she she um, there are many people who have come into this business and they have a level of credibility because they've been through this with their own parents. Now you mentioned your dad. I know he's had health challenges in the past and now is having some struggles with his memory. These people are your friends. 
because they can speak from a place of experience. Um, I have been through the downsizing and moving process with my own in-laws. Um, and I know how hard it is. and I know how tough attachment is and that type of thing. But my good friend Kay Bransford and her company will be listed in your resources said, um, if I, I asked her to do a talk one time at Grand Oaks and, and the title of it was a David Letterman list, 10 things I wish I had known then that I know now. And near the top of the list, was to, in her specific case, hire an aging life care manager to help provide oversight because she wanted to remain the daughter right. and the caregiver who always had the tough conversations with her mom. She wanted to be able to focus on their relationship as mother and daughter rather than always talk to her about- um, And avoid this. Exactly. Medical issues, exactly. So, so again, don't do this in a vacuum. And one thing I've also learned from working with people over the years is they're embarrassed. My dad, who was this amazing author, military officer, I don't want people to know that he has these struggles. And so they, 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 they get, the children sometimes get paralyzed because of, of, of image. Right. And the fact of the matter is, none of us are immune from this. At one point or another, we're all going to go through this with our parents or with people we love, our neighbors. Um, so reach out, ask for help, and know that there are many people who are there who want to help you. I have often said that no one should work in the senior world if one is not tethered from the heart. That's right. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah, that's right. So and once you, yes, that, that, that is a huge, um, a huge thing to, to mention. And selecting the right professional, right? That's and I, exactly right. If this is not a business, and, it, and you know, I've often said, I think I've even said it to you, um, you need to be comfortable with, with the person with whom you're working. And you'll be able to tell very quickly whether this person has the right heart. Compassion, Certainly. understanding, yes. caring, and that's the exactly best. Right. That's, that's exactly willing, right. Willing this type, yeah, this type of transition is not for everybody, but I know you, and I know how much you you care. Thank you. That will provide the fuel to make this thing go. Absolutely. And again, you brought on, you mentioned such an important point that there are resources available for us to help our loved ones make the right decisions and, you know, keep the dignity that they have preserved their entire life and right. worked so hard to in making those decisions that are best suited for them. And, and you don't have to do this alone. There are resources to help you. Yes. It does not have to be an emotional burden. It does not always have to be a massive financial burden if the right steps are taken to do right. things um, in a thought out, well-managed manner with the right individuals. 
That's exactly right. And the thing I also would have to say here is that because this is a booming industry, we are living longer. Yes. Better. Is that always a good thing? No. But I think we've learned more about the aging process. And it's important to choose a community that has a legacy or a history of care. Right. Behind me, um, that Grand Oaks actually, in 2020, we celebrated 20 years of care. Um, so again, aesthetics are important, but make sure you understand what the benefits are above crown moldings and high ceilings and, and spacious closets. That's right. And um, one size does not fit all. Um, and think ahead. My biggest right, point exactly. is be prepared. For That's exactly right. Will come, you know, what is the progression of your loved one's health and, and situation that you can foresee to right. make sure that you don't have to do this multiple times. Right. That you pick the facility that's going to geographically, um, financially, and have the skill sets that you would like to see in place for them, for them to have the best experience possible. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, yes. So I could, I could speak all day. Um, I know I, we will have to I do love, a, I love my job. round two, Janina. Yeah. So important, so passionate. You've been a great friend for years and years, Janina and I go back and we've always had wonderful uh, conversations and a friendship and I appreciate your expertise. I appreciate all of the pointers that you've brought to our listeners today. Uh, we will have a ton of resources available for you in our show notes. We will have books that could be that you would may consider and wanting to pick up and to educate yourself further on some of these topics. And we will add to them as we go along. Please send us any additional questions or topics you would like to hear from us in the future um, on the show. We would love to be able to answer your questions. And uh, Janina, we will definitely have you back. Thank you so much for your oh, time. Thank you. I love, I love the opportunity. Thank you so much for affording me the opportunity to, uh, to share what I know and uh, what I love. And we love Grand Oaks and everything that you guys stand for and everything that you thank do. Thank you. Thank you so much. Kisses to everyone oh. out there and all of our listeners. And we will be tuning out and we look forward to connecting with you on our next episode with the downsizing coach. Thank you so awesome. much. Have a great Thanks. day. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining Ann Nori, the downsizing coach and tuning into downsizing your home and life radio show. It would mean the world to us if you subscribe to our show so that you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Please share our show with friends who may also be considering the downsizing journey and leave us a rating and review so that we know how well we're doing. For more resources, visit thedownsizingcoach.com. Wishing you great success in planning your downsizing journey and taking the steps to living your best life. We look forward to greeting you during our next show.